0: so much for the opportunity to come and worship freely in your house today. I ask that you will be with each and every person in here. Let us open our hearts and lift our voices, Lord. Let us realize that we are no longer slaves to the things that have chained us down, fear and worry and doubt, Lord, and that we are your child and you are taking care of us. Let There's someone in here, this message is going to touch them, and it is especially for them today. Lord, we don't know who it is, but you do. Let them open their hearts and receive you today. In your name. With a melody, you surround me with a song of deliverance. cha Just... It's just. And porches and kitchen tables. It's stories shared and moments worth remembering. It's hoping and praying and taking chances. It's jokes and laughter and shoulders to cry on. It's questions and answers and I don't know's. It's knowing you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. It's messy and imperfect. It's giving and serving and growing better together. It's life, and we weren't meant to do it alone. Life is better together. Find a life group that's right for you today.
1: Life groups are critical for this reason alone. We can't do life alone. And so if you've been in a life group, we want to encourage you to get with those leaders and keep moving and keep moving forward and talking with them about what's coming up this fall. And if you are interested in either joining a life group and or leading, starting a life group, would you find me after the service? And just talk to me. I'll be back there at that table. Or you can go online at our website, and you can sign up to be in a life group, and we'll get back to you. The launch that we're all moving towards for brand new life groups is September 25th, and we couldn't be more excited about getting people plugged into a life group, because truly it's a group of people doing life together, studying the Word of God, challenging each other to grow in our relationships with Jesus Christ, growing together, just doing life, going to each other's kids' soccer games, showing up when kids are graduating from college or having their own kids, being there through the ups and the downs. We all need people to do lives. So I just want to challenge you all to just really think hard about life groups. And and I want to challenge you too, if you have questions, come talk to me. I had a guy last night say, hey, I can only do a group during this time, but I will make it happen. And that's the attitude. Just whatever you can, whatever time you have, and we asked that you just try it for six weeks. Just try it. And then get back to us, and like Kenny said last night, you get your money back if it doesn't work out. <laughs> but anyway, we're excited about life groups, and uh, like you saw the video, it's just simple stuff. Um, studying the Bible, growing a relationship with Jesus, and growing with each other, and serving their community. So talk to us about life groups. At this moment, if you pass the friendship folders, let us know you're here. Let us know. If you're brand new, we'd love to connect with you after the service. Come find us at the Welcome Center. We have something for you and just to talk with you and get you connected here at Crossroads. And uh, yeah, something free. Can't, you can't get a whole lot for free nowadays. So stop by and we'd love to talk to you. Um, we challenged our church to consider giving to uh, an organization called Gleaning for the World. Uh, this organization has been sending resources to Florida and to Houston area because of Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma. Our church has has given four thousand one hundred and sixty three dollars towards those efforts, and I think we uh, need to thank God for that. It's fantastic. You know, it's something to say, "Oh man, that's awful." It's another thing to say, "That's awful." What can I do? And then doing something about it. So, just great to be great to be at a church that moves and great to be a church that's burdened and does something about it. Um, Another thing is we just launched our Wednesday nights here this last Wednesday, and we had a great launch. There's stuff for kids, there's stuff for students, there's adult Bible studies that meet, and uh, it was was busy last week. And one of the things I've noticed just being here on staff since the beginning of July is sometimes I'm opening the door, there's people coming in, and sometimes I'm coming, there's people coming out. Isn't it great to be a part of a church where there's just stuff that's always happening, and good stuff, like you all see that parking lot outside? Those lines, man, whoo! it's exciting stuff. God's on the move. And I know you're thinking, how is it a parking lot? But God moves in all different ways. And so another thing I want to just encourage you all is, um, you know, if you really, again, I'm going to plug life groups, but we are just asking that you just try it. I've been in a life group most of my life, and I, I can't tell you where I would be if I didn't have people in my life that were asking the hard questions, that were there through the ups and through the downs. And so I really challenge you to consider uh, being in a life group. And if you want to lead one, we'd love that too. Um, At this moment, I'd like to ask the ushers forward as we pray over this morning's offering. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you, and we're humbled that... We can just be here, we can sit in these chairs, God, that we can park in a new parking lot, God, with just, just beautifully uh, painted lines. God, we can be in a church building with air conditioning, God, just with, with people that are coming in through all different, all different seasons of life, and God, just knowing that at the end of the day, the one thing that we all have in common is that we need Jesus, So God, this morning as we dive into a new series, I pray that as we just discover this truth that maybe some of us will wrestle with for the first time today, that we are broken. God, I pray our brokenness would point us to a relationship with you. God, thank you for these treasures that you give to us, and I pray now, God, as we give out of a heart of humility and sacrifice, knowing that you will take these monies and you will give that you will use it for a greater good. Thank you that your kingdom is ever-changing and always moving and always growing because you are making it happen, God, and we are so thankful that you are faithful. So we give to that movement, God, the movement of you, the movement of the gospel. And we ask all these things in our Savior's name. Jesus. Amen.
0: See. You. Heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness. A battle in the grave. The war on death was waged. The power of hell forever broke. The ground began to shake. So
2: Series this morning, Broken Things, and I hope that you'll join us for the next four weeks as we look at broken things and, and what it means to be broken, what, what do we do with our brokenness. And, and so, we've got a, a lot of fun things we're going to talk about, but uh, as we start, I just want to share this little thing that happened to me this summer. We went on vacation, went down to uh, Hilton Head, and on the way back from Hilton Head, I, uh, I was packing the car. We stopped in Charlotte for a night and we were visiting some friends in Charlotte, North Carolina, and so uh, we were packing the car, and somehow this got into the trunk, okay? This is my laptop bag, and an iPad was in here. I had an I- iPad and a laptop, and so, it, uh, as you, you know, you're packing everything in, so that goes in the trunk. It, if it's going to be in the trunk, it should be the last thing in the trunk, not like the first thing, and, uh, and I'm kind of like, I'm going to pull that out, I'm, I'm, I'll put it up front, and so I just kind of took it, and I laid it down, and put it by the bumper of the car there, and and I packed up all the cars so that, so that that wouldn't get hurt or anything, you know. And then I, I got everything in, I, I slammed the trunk shut. You know, you're just so happy that you could get everything in. You, you know that feeling, you know, it's like, man, it's not going to pop open. It's 55 mile an hour down the road. So I've got this all in and, uh, and I get into the car. Everybody's in, the whole family's finally in the car. And so I start the car, I put it in reverse. And as I back up, the passenger side rear wheel... I feel like I'm running over a speed bump. It's like, boom! I'm like, what's going on? I don't remember a speed bump in a hotel parking lot, right next to the space. So I said, "Well, boy, I, I, I just don't remember speed bump." And then I put it in drive, and and I and I go forward, and and as I go forward, I went over that same one I thought was a speed bump, right? And so I, I, I'm like, I look over at my wife. I'm like that's really weird speed bump only on one side of the car and so i I just kind of i went about 15 feet she goes "Ah, don't worry about it i said no i gotta get out and see what that was i must have ran over like somebody's mcdonald bag or something you know and uh, and it wasn't a mcdonald bag it was a laptop bag it was my laptop bag and i had left it at the bumper of the car so as, as i pulled out i not only ran over it once i ran over it twice okay so I pulled back, and then I pulled forward over the same laptop bag with the same tire. There was a, there was a strap on here, and the, the strap was shattered and all kind of other little stuff. And, and so uh, inside here was a 17-inch laptop, okay? 17-inch laptop should be illegal. You know, you're not, it's not meant to carry around a 17-inch laptop. This is like carrying your, your desktop to, to, to a vacation, right? So I had a 17-inch laptop in there, and, and I had an iPad, and I'll just share with you this iPad and that's what happens whenever you run over an iPad twice, okay? Not once, but twice. So, um, and, and so it's kind of cool what happens to that. And I, uh, I pulled this out and, and the laptop is, is, uh, it, it put a nice dent in the back of the iPad. And, uh, and so I didn't really want to bring that up here. It's just too heavy to carry. Uh, but, uh, but now I want to show you this because this is what happens when, when things get broken, right? And when, when you have something broken like this, you get really ill. Okay, you get in, you get back in the car, and and your wife is wondering what are you going to do about what you just did. Okay, uh, she's looking at you. Your kids are like they already have the phones on because they know this is going to be a moment to remember, and they want to save it forever, right? So the phones are on. Dad read over his iPad. It's a thousand dollars worth of technology that he couldn't blame anybody else for. Of course, he tries to blame everybody. This was not the moment that I was pastor of the year. I want to share that with you, okay? Um, those are not the moments that my kids say, pastor can," you know? That's the moment they say, dad, we're afraid. Get out of here, right? And, and so I come in and I, I pull this out. I show my wife and, and she's just like stunned. And we're all stunned because I've just lost like $1,000 worth of technology. And, and what, what do you do? so we were we were going to visit some friends and and i think my kids were pleasantly surprised that i didn't freak out you know they were expecting me to melt down to like lose my mind to to be like um you know a total basket case because isn't that what you're supposed to do when you do something like this right and so i i just put in the car and i said well at least nobody got hurt you know i didn't run anybody over i just ran over an ipad and i wish it would have been somebody else's ipad but it was mine so i ran over an ipad right and, um, and so, so I got in the car, and I, I'm driving. Uh, we visit our friends, and, uh, you know, of course, we get there, and we're talking, and they're like, oh, no, I can't believe that happened. You know, my son works at the store, at the mall. Maybe they can fix it. I'm like, no, i got to get home tonight. We're not going to go through this whole thing. I don't have six weeks to wait for it. And so I get, I get in the car, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this thing? What am I going to do? I, I, it, listen, this thing worked. Uh, if I charge it up, it still works. You just have to wear Band-Aids whenever you check your email. It's, it's kind of cool, all right? You put Band-Aids on your finger, check your email, all right? But uh, you, you, it's like, what do I do with this broken iPad? I mean, it was still lit up. I could see things through there. It's like, you know, I, I tried it, and I, you know, I had a few abrasions there. You know, it's like you, you, you got this thing going. But what, what happens is you start going through, okay, should I throw this thing away or should I fix it? So I got on to to YouTube, and I started researching how to fix an iPad. Now, folks, there are about 7,000 videos how to fix iPads out there. You go on YouTube, and you can find it. And for $38, I found a place for $38. They'll send me a new screen and about 700 little parts to put together to make this thing fresh and new, right? So I'm telling my wife, oh, it's no problem. I'll fix it. And she's looking at me like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, right. You're gonna fix it, right? So, I, and and then uh, you know the other option is I'll, I'll just toss it. But you know what? Whenever we, this is what happens to our lives when things happen to us. When things are 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 going, you know, we're, we're going along. I had no intention to run over my iPad. You'd be insane to run over your iPad, unless it was a really really old iPad, right? You know? It's like you just don't you just don't do that. You don't go calling on for things to be broken. And what do we do when things break in our life? Because this is what happens to our lives. Uh, You guys are setting out, and you have a plan for life. You want to see God do great things in your life. I see a lot of young people in here. It's so exciting. Uh, You know, Young people, you're setting out. You're setting your course. And right now, you don't see much brokenness. But one day, something bad happens, and you have to deal with it. And how do I deal with the bad things that have happened? How do I deal with maybe some of my own bad decisions? You know, sometimes our brokenness is a result of things that people run us over with. You know, it's like somebody else ran us over, and I don't have any control over those things. And, and those are really hard places to be. The, those brokenness, the pain is real. It's hard, it's big, it's real, and you cannot deny it. You can't just say, well, I don't have any pain, you know. Be like me bringing this to work every day and trying to use it with Band-Aids. Oh, everything's fine with my iPad. no. No. When, when, when brokenness comes, we have pain, it hurts, and we have to deal with it. We come and we, we, we have this God who cares about us, this God who loves us, so we get to come and bring that brokenness to him. But uh, there, there's a few options that we have. And so look at your life, and I want you to think about your life and the brokenness, because the first thought I want to give you this morning is this, is that God values broken things and when i'm when we're talking about lives i mean god god obviously cares about your life way more than an ipad right but god values broken things Uh, so many times people think i'm i'm broken therefore i'm no good but shall may i share with you that god god values broken things and he is not surprised by your brokenness god is not surprised by your brokenness um, even in your brokenness, he is not surprised. Now, we're going to flip over here to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 was written to the children of Israel. Uh, the, the children of Israel, the, the nation of Israel, God's people. Remember, there was God had his chosen people, the Israelites. And so he, these people were in a time of brokenness. Uh, they would go through this cycle where they would get close to God. And then as they would get close to God, they would get comfortable and they would do the slow fade. They would kind of drift off and uh, they would get involved in sin and a bunch of, make a bunch of bad decisions. And then God would allow other things to come in like famines, like oppression from enemies and all these type of things. And when you're reading here in Isaiah 43, you see that, uh, that this is a nation that is broken right now. And they're saying, there's fear of the future. They're saying, God, where are you? Uh, where are your people, but what's going on? And, And all these type of questions are going on in their minds. And so Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you. He says this, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I will call you by name. You are mine. Uh, he he tells the children of Israel, we have an intimate relationship. You are not just one in a million. You know, I, I had a friend of mine told me that once. He says, uh, of all the people in the world, uh, you're one of them. I was like, oh, that's nice, thanks. You know, I'm just, I'm just another number. Of the millions of people, I'm one of them, right? No, no, no. God says to the children of Israel, he says, I know your name. Over in John 10, 3, Uh, Jesus said this now the the point here is that God knows your name all right I want you to catch that we'll go back to there God knows your name you're not just a number you're not just something that uh, you know you're not just a broken thing that he's going to toss on a recycle bin he knows your name he knows how many hair on your head and as I often say for some of us that's a daily changing number okay Uh, he knows you by name he's an intimate relationship the god of the universe he is not out in the the universe kind of like so distant and not aware of your brokenness he is aware of your brokenness he knows so so whether you are a uh, somebody that's in middle or high school and you're dealing with some challenges in middle and high school or you're a college student or you're middle-aged or you're at the end of age, all right? At all those ages, God's, God knows your name. In, in John 10, 3, he said this. He said, my sheep know my voice. He says, and furthermore, I know their name. My sheep know my, they hear his voice, and they call, he calls his own sheep by his name. He leads them out. He knows them by name. It's amazing how an animal can learn its name. Did you ever notice that? Uh, my wife got this dog, and she gave him a name, Coda. And it's amazing, you say Coda, and he comes running. You say Coda, you want a treat, and he comes running, you know. I say treat, he thinks that's his name too, right, you know. It's, it's amazing how that dog comes flying, and he's like, you know. Uh, Jesus said here, he used the analogy that everybody could understand, that it was an agricultural society. And so he says to those people there, he says, he says, you understand what a shepherd is? He says, well, I'm the good shepherd you understand sheep and sheep aren't all that bright sheep wander away sheep have all these issues he says well i'm the good shepherd and i know their names and they respond to me i call them by name and so what he's saying is that you as a child of god he knows your name you're not just some standard issue product out there folks you're unique you are made by god he sees you in your brokenness he knows your name and he wants to be intimately involved with you in that brokenness he knows your name All right, let's continue on in isaiah chapter 43 he says do not be afraid i've ransomed you i have called you by name you are mine right, verse three when you go through deep waters i'll be with you you ever been through deep waters in your life right, you ever get out in physical deep waters and you know deep water there's a lifeguard when there's deep waters right when there's deep water, there's boys out there It says, stay away. Uh, when there's deep waters, there's danger. He says, when you're in that moment of danger, he says, I am with you. I'm not leaving you. When you are in that brokenness, I am with you. I'm not leaving you. Uh, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. You ever get in over your head? Uh, look, look at all the flooding we just had down in Houston. And you see, you see the, you know, you can't, you are no match. You alone are no match for the rivers, for, for, the, for the streams, for, the, for that strong current. You alone are no match. But God says, I'm with you in that, in that deep current. I am with you whenever it's a ray to sweep you away. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you're going down and you're wondering if you're going to make it, I am with you. Uh, you will not drown. You will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. You will not be consumed. It will not consume you. Why? For I am with you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He says, I am your Savior. So he's telling the children of Israel directly, I am with you. I know that you are facing brokenness. I know that you are facing times when your world is falling apart and you can't see straight. You don't know if you can make it another day. He says, but do not be afraid for I am your Savior. He says it directly to the children of Israel. And we can take those promises, those, those uh, applications and apply it to your life today. Because he never says that I will take away the river. He never says that I will take away the brokenness. He says that, that I am with you. I will help you in this moment of brokenness. Uh, he's the one who mends, who, who puts life back together when relationships are, are, have been lost, when we've lost uh, finances, when we've lost people, we lose things. We, all, the, all, these, all these things are so important to us. When we face those areas of life, he says that I am with you do not be afraid. He, he continues on. He says, I, uh, uh, you are honored and I love you. Do not fear. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I am with you. He knows your name. When, when, we're, when we're broken, you know how we respond? We respond. There's a couple ways that I've just made some notes here that we respond. We respond, first of all, sometimes we think, gee, no one else is broken like I am nobody else has the same problem that i have nobody else has, has, has shattered their life like i have and and sometimes we think that even in the church we think boy well you know what i'm dealing with this issue and probably nobody else at church is dealing with that i must be alone i must be unique in that way uh maybe we think that we're unfixable we look at it and say man my, i just i can't even try I, I, my life is so shattered. My life, I've had so many problems. I, you know, it, it'd be like, you know, I see some of our young people in here. Uh, you're in middle school. See a middle schooler says, man, I made an F on my test. I'm not going to try the rest of the year, right? No, no, no. God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Just because you've had a failure doesn't mean that I'm not with you. And and as as we look into our life, we see, see whether it is from, from something as a middle school test to the challenges that life brings that we all know the heartaches of. He says that I am with you. uh, Our brokenness can become blessed if we let God do the mending. Our brokenness can become blessed if we let God do the mending. That's what happens. We look at this life and you say, man, there's no way that my life will ever make it. There's no way that I can make it to the next day. It's too hard. This is overwhelming. And may I share with you that God knows your brokenness, and he says, if you'll just let me do the work, if you'll come to me and let me do it in your brokenness, you think you're hopeless? Children of Israel thought they were pretty hopeless. And God says, I know your name. I'm with you. He continues on. Isaiah forty three sixteen jumping down in the passage. He says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's saying, remember what I did for you? He's saying, remember I, do you remember what I did? You were the people that I parted the Red Sea for. Uh, the the, the children of israel they had they had they were in the red sea uh they they were heading to the red sea they were in egypt god god allowed them freedom and they go down he's freed them from slavery from 400 years worth of slavery now they're crossing the red sea uh the 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 sea was uh, impassable god parts it it's dry they're walking across the red sea and as they're getting to the end several million people going through this this dry land so What a miracle that God did. He parts the sea and makes dry land so they can get through. He says, that's what he's referring to here. He says, I'm the one. This is what the Lord said. I'm the one who made a way through the sea. And I snuffed out your enemy because as they're going over, they look back and they saw the enemy coming. And the Egyptians, the the, the armies of the Egyptians were coming down and their chariots and their horses and all their power was coming in. And as they were in the middle of the sea where it was dry, all the children of Israel are in safety and God lets the sea come in and swallows up their enemy. He says, I'm the one who did that. But check this out. He takes it a step further. This is what is really cool. He says in verse 18, forget the former things. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God did that for them in the past. He says, I've got something even more exciting in the future. You may look back at your life and you say, man, I came to Christ as a, as a young child. And then all of a sudden, you know, and we keep going back. And yes, that was an exciting moment. But then we end up with life. We get brokenness and as, as we continue. And God says, I'm going to continue to work in your life he says yes that was yesterday but forget yesterday come on and don't dwell on the past you know there are a few things that we dwell on the past there are past victories and there are past failures both of them can hold your future back sometimes we're going back and we're looking at the good old days you ever do that you know well i remember whenever i was you know I remember when I fit into those jeans, Right? <laughs> I remember all of that, I, I remember, and we go back and we remember yesterday, and we forget that there is a today and that God holds tomorrow. And God says here, he says, do not dwell on the past. So whether it was a past victory or a past failure, he says, do not dwell on the past. And this is where church, in, in general, we, we can get so strung up on the past victories that we have forgotten that God is ready to do something new. God is birthing something new. In your life, God is ready to do something new. And you're saying, but I'm broken. You know, I could look at my life and I could say, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I came here and I hopped on that bus as a seven-year-old kid. They let me come. They gave me a free donut. And I've never forgotten that free donut, right? And I've kept going because of that free donut and then all of a sudden when i got into college that was at seven years old i got into college i started facing some brokenness and some shattered parts of my life i mean there was things that shattering that nobody knew about i didn't have anybody to talk to i i remember things were so shattered that i i I remember a whole week not eating folks that's shattered it was like, man, these th- th- this, th- this things were happening in my life. It was destroying me. And I said, but God, and I was going back to the seven-year-old experience, and God says, I want you to come to me today. I want you to come to me today. Put the former things behind. Uh, verse, uh, he continues on, see, I am doing a new thing. I am doing something new. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So God is taking the children of Israel, they're going on to the next level. God is taking them to the new heights, to the new depths of knowing him. And this is what happens in your brokenness. It's in our brokenness that we get to know God deeper. There is something deeper that happens when we are broken and we don't have all the things of this world to hold on to. Uh, it's, it's when we're hopeless, when we're thinking that we're at the end that we can see the power of God. He says, I'm doing something new. Hang on. His mercies are new every morning. Lamentations 3, and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning Great is your faithfulness. This is the God we serve. Every day he has new mercies. Every morning. God is doing something new in your life every day of your life. And if we would just start to catch it, we can start to make some sense of the brokenness. sometimes there is no sense sometimes we can say i don't understand and again like i said there are things that happen to us that are beyond our control there are things that god allows in life but may i say this too that god does god's not sitting up there zapping people with illnesses he's not punishing you because you did something in the past with an illness and that's clear all through scripture god doesn't that's not how god works he's not he's not coming and causing evil uh, let no man say when I'm tempted, I'm tempted of God, James said, all right? So, so these things aren't, uh, God is, uh, but God is still God and he's allowing things. And the enemy is working and we have all these things that are running us over and it's in the middle of that brokenness that we can find that our only hope for the brokenness is God. The only hope that, for your brokenness is Jesus Christ. And when we come to that, to, when we understand that, uh, that, this is how we get to move forward folks every one of us are broken every one of us every one of us has some sort of shatter and and if you think that you've got it all figured out you think well i've been smooth sailing may i may i share this god said that all have sinned and fallen short of his glorious standard every person is broken and the only hope for your brokenness is jesus christ and that's where, that's where we have to come. And it's so easy because many times we, we just like to say that, well, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, th- this, we, we try so many different things to try and fix our brokenness. As I said, with, the, with this iPad I went around and I said, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on YouTube. I'm going to uh, buy another kit. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to do this. And it's like all what I can do. But yet, I didn't fix it, did I? it's still broken and in our lives when we're trying to fix it we go to the wrong route to fix it we go to the world and say man i'm going to get i know i'm going to fix it i'm going to numb myself with this particular uh activity over here i'm going to do this and i'm just going to i'll be all right if i just have a few over here if i just have a a party over here if i just do this if i do and you know what all those things they may be fun but at the end of the day, it's not filling. It's not, it's not fixing the brokenness. As a matter of fact, some of it can complicate the brokenness. The only hope for our brokenness is Jesus. I like what Peggy Noonan said. Peggy Noonan, she was a, a former speech writer for Ronald Reagan, George Bush. She was also a news writer for CBS News, for Dan Rather. And she said this. She said, our ancestors believed in two worlds. And they understood that this world is to be the solitary, poor Nasty, brutish, and short world. We are the first generation of man that actually expected to find happiness here on earth and our search for it has caused such unhappiness. We're the first generations. In modern days, the, 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 past, the past 30, 40 years, we're the first generations to actually expect that we would find happiness from this world, from the things that can make us happy, from all the, what we can produce. The reason, if you do not believe in another higher world, if you believe only in the flat material world around you, if you believe this is your only chance at happiness, if that is what you believe, then you are not disappointed when the world does not give you a good measure of its riches, you are despairing. And so I, w- I want you to think about that because we try the wrong places. We go, and what happens when we're going to the wrong places? We end up with fear. We end up with insecurity. Man, with anxiety, all these things. Man, our world, we have a world that's so dynamically changed. Things are so different today. Why? Because people are trying to get their needs met from things that are temporary. They're trying to get, trying to get their brokenness fixed by something that, that can't fix them. Over in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, was, uh, Jesus was, went to his hometown of Nazareth. And Jesus came. Listen, the very reason that Jesus came was to heal the brokenhearted. Uh, as a matter of fact, he got up and there was a, uh, he went to the, sa- on the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue and, the, and he stood up to speak. So they, they gave him the scroll and he opens the scroll and he, and he gets the scroll ready and he goes right to Isaiah and he reads this from Isaiah, um, I believe it's Isaiah 61 that he was reading. He says this, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The very mission of Jesus was to heal the brokenhearted. These words were written like 700 years before Isaiah wrote them, 700 years earlier before the prophet uh, prophet Isaiah wrote them, before Jesus reads them. And he's reading it out loud. He says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then Jesus sits down. And they're all looking at him and they're staring because they're stunned because the prophet Isaiah had written these words. It was the the, the very prophetic words. And, And Jesus says, today you have seen this fulfilled today you have seen this prophecy fulfilled and it was in him in jesus christ he has come to heal the brokenhearted and if jesus came to heal the brokenhearted i think we need to understand that the broken are important to god the poor and the broken those are the raw materials for his redemptive work um the 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 poor the broken those who are enslaved those are the raw materials because if if there were no poor no broken no enslaved jesus would not have needed to come and jesus leaves heaven and he he leaves all the glory of heaven and he comes and he himself is broken for you he's broken for you when he went to the cross he said i he did that so that you may be made whole so one man had to be broken on the cross and Jesus went to the cross and he gave his life his body was broken for you so that your brokenness can be made whole the God of the universe who comes down to earth and never once does anything wrong never once sins never once speaks a wrong word of anybody he comes to this earth he dies on the cross he is broken so that you might have eternal life Folks, the whole Bible is about brokenness. Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we see like the perfect world. And then Genesis chapter 3, we see the fall. Man sins and there's the fall. And then from Genesis 3 all the way to the end, Genesis 21. So everything in the end from Genesis 2... To Genesis 21, everything in between is all about brokenness. It's all about how man is redeemed, how God puts things back together, how God mends things. And he does it. And then in chapter 21 of Revelation, he says, Jesus says, and I make all things new. And we get a little glimpse of what it's going to be like forever in his presence. Today, as we close our service, we're going to receive communion. I'm going to ask our men to, to be prepared to serve the communion now. And as they come, I want to ask you, before we start to serve communion, I want to ask you to respond to, to God this morning. And just to understand that what He has done for you. you know, as we look at brokenness, yeah, we're broken we're in pain we're hurting but uh, but god god has come that we might have eternal life he came that your brokenness may be healed and one of the things that jesus did was he took that bread and he broke it and he said this is my body broken for you gentlemen you may serve the congregation ¡Gracias! Father God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you that our brokenness can be made whole in you. Lord, I thank you that you've helped us by coming to the cross, and you paid the price that I might have eternal life, God. Thank you for the symbol that you've given for the that last supper when you ripped that piece of bread, and you gave it to those, to those disciples, and you said, do this in remembrance of me. My body, broken for you. God we thank you for this symbol we ask that your people will worship you Lord help us as we worship you as we remember of his blood that was broken, his blood that was given for you. Gentlemen, you may serve the congregation. I ask everyone to retain the cup until everyone has been served.
0: But when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me. So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain, no I'm not who I used to be, because I don't have to be the old man inside of me, because his day is long dead and gone, because I've got a new name, a new life I'm not the same, I hope that will
2: moment, look at the juice, and just let's pray over this together. Father God, we come before you. Again, Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. God, I thank you that you were broken for us. Because you were broken, we can be made whole. Lord, I pray for each person in here. I ask that you will help help us to respond to you, Lord, to, to bring our brokenness to God, to uh, to understand who you are and just worship you, Lord, throughout our week. I pray, Lord, that you will help each person here to understand your value on their life. God, we thank you for your life that was given for us. This, this juice we hold representing the blood of Jesus Christ for us. In your name we pray.